0: Welcome back to another episode of the Format Podcast, and uh, we definitely got some good stuff to talk about again today. I know you just saw me late last night, but um, got another guest to uh, further discuss on this great college football weekend, a little bit of college football playoff, and of course, give further reaction to the big uh, Notre Dame win over Clemson in that double overtime instant classic. But before we get to that, let's knock out the particulars first. Of course, thanks for checking out the show. Uh, You can find me in a lot of places sharing my thoughts, mostly on the NFL, college football and the NBA. Now, um, at times, if something else catch my interest, a great boxing match, uh, MMA, soccer, hockey, whatever it might be that I want to give my opinion or some information on, then I'll do that. But mostly it's NFL, NBA and college football. Um, You can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Bruce F.A. Hope. That's at Bruce F.A. Hope. I'm also on Instagram at theformatpodcast at the And of course, you can email the show. The address is theformatpodcast at outlook.com. Theformatpodcast at outlook.com. Um, you can tell me you love the show, tell me you agree with me, tell me I'm an idiot. Um, just tell me something. It lets me know you're listening. And of course, I appreciate that interaction. Okay. You can also suggest topics or segments for the show. Um, Also, I'm working on uh, introducing a new segment for the show. I've mentioned it on the last couple of episode intros, but I'm going to keep doing that. Um, I'm introducing a mailbag segment where you can send me your questions. Uh, If you send me the questions via Instagram or Twitter, you can send it and put hashtag mailbag, right? If you email it to me, you can type mailbag in caps in the subject line. And uh, that'll be an opportunity for you to directly give me your questions and I can respond to them directly on the show. So I I think that will be pretty cool. Um, Also, if you wanna find me on YouTube, just go go to YouTube and type in the format podcast and the search bar and that should automatically pop up. Once uh, the format podcast pops up, do me a favor, click that uh, subscribe button in the lower right corner of your screen And also, click on the bell so that you know when we're uh, uh, putting out new episodes for you. You'll get notified, okay? Um, Also, head over to iTunes and give us that five star review, rate and review, rate and review, rate and review. Um, The more five star reviews we get, the higher we rise in the rankings, and you wouldn't believe how much that helps us, okay? So, please do that. Also, if you just want to listen to the audio podcast, we're available pretty much wherever you want to listen to podcasts, whatever it is, whether it's Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, uh, iTunes, whatever it may be, you can find us there under the format podcast, okay? Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. So with no further ado, we are going to have Brian Smith, who is a Sports illustrator writer for all Gators, all Clemson, and Irish breakdown to uh, talk the big game last night, how that's going to affect Notre Dame's recruiting, and a little bit of college football playoff preview, all right? So sit back, relax, and listen up to episode 81 of The Format. Talk some college football today with uh, writer and reporter Brian Smith, who works for multiple sites operated by Sports Illustrated, including Irish Breakdown, All Clemson, and All Gators. Brian, thanks for uh, coming in. Uh, it's been a while since we talked. How you doing?
1: Doing well, buddy. How about yourself?
0: Can't complain. Feeling uh, pretty good after last night. You know, as you can <laughs> tell.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a pretty wild game. It's been a while since college football's had a game quite like this. Mm. I don't think we've had another rush to field game with mm-hmm. top ten teams this year. I mean, right. it's you know, it's it's cool. The the country needs some distraction, obviously, I agree. considering the political landscape. Anything,
0: mm-hmm. don't care
1: who you vote for, right. it's good to have some distraction right now. So yep, that was yep. great.
0: So um on the heels of as you mentioned it, it was the best game of the season and last night. And uh it might at the end of the year might still be the best game of the season. Obviously Dabo Sweeney said it at the end. It was an instant <laughs> classic between uh, Notre Dame and Clemson, uh, double overtime. Notre Dame snaps the 36-game win streak, regular season win streak of the Tigers. You know, that's huge. Um, So the Irish finally have that signature win. And this is the phrase you keep hearing over and over from Notre Dame. Signature win, signature win. They finally have that. Um, And in getting it, they've shown the growth of the program, both in physical and mental toughness. Uh, They're showing that they can not only play with and uh, compete with the big boys of college football. Now they've actually shown they can get a win in those type of games. So first off, what did you see last night on the field from Notre Dame and from Clemson?
1: First thing I noticed was that Notre Dame's physicality Mm -hmm. matched what they'd shown against other teams. Mm -hmm. And it actually exceeded my expectation. Here's the ironic part. Clemson has a lot of really good young players, the two freshmen that started under D-line, Miles mm-hmm. Murphy, Brian Brzees. Mm-hmm. But Notre Dame pushed them around quite a bit. And they also out-schemed them, obviously, the, the 65-yard run. You're only going to get one or two of those a year, but to get it <laughs> on the first running play yeah. of the game yes. is wild.
0: I was shocked by that, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, bad run fit by Clemson, and then that safety, it's, it's the same thing. I talked to Brian Driscoll at Irish Breakdown about and, and some other places. He's just not that loose in his hips. One little juke, and it was bye-bye. And uh, those, those plays really get the juices going. I'm not saying that's the only reason Notre Dame won,
2: mm-hmm. but they
1: pounded them right at the point of attack. Everybody knew Notre Dame was going to run, and they mm-hmm. did it anyway. Right. It's rare that you can do that against players that are going to play in the NFL. Now, I know some of these kids are a little younger, but they smacked them in the mouth early, and it's why they ended up winning the game, because Clemson outplayed him for much of the second half and part of the overtime, but – That The physicality stood out to me. Clemson's physicality is good, too, but they they need some help up front. They're going to get some more guys back, which we'll talk about later. But physicality stood out to me first and foremost.
0: Mm -hmm. And so um, we're not going to get too deep into it, but I'd say that last night was Ian Book's best game of his Notre Dame career. Obviously came through in the most clutch of moments uh, in the biggest game. What did you think of how he played last night?
1: Two things with that I I thought the same. Number one, Ian played very well under the moment. They got Mm -hmm. pressure on him, a lot of exotic blitzes. Clemson probably disguises their blitzes better than any team in college football. I don't know how they teach it, because anytime you get a blitz, it's fun. You're hoping, hey, I'm going to have a free shot at the quarterback. Those kids hold to the last second, and they do a great job. Even though they protected well and all the players for Notre Dame that stepped up, whether it was a tight end or running back to help block, Ian still got beat up, and you know, late in the fourth quarter they needed a drive. They didn't quite make it. They get the ball back. They do an even better drive because it mm-hmm. was a, you know, I mean nobody really expected that.
0: Yeah, but plays, he ran the ball. Yards, on that. I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean he ran the ball. He threw mm-hmm. the ball. That dime that he threw, the bomb. You couldn't have walked out and handed the football.
0: Yeah, the uh, got, uh, fifty-three I mean, yarder to uh, Avery Davis. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dan Marino in his prime couldn't have thrown that anybody. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> right. Right. So when you can play like that in the moment, I've been one of his biggest critics because he's not being great. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. He hadn't played good in situations where he'd been pressured Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they did, but they need to bottle it and sell it because (laughs) that's the difference between a great quarterback and an average one is can you look down the gun barrel Mm -hmm. and deliver the ball, yay or nay?
0: So for me, one of the biggest issues with Ian Book is not even so much the pressure because we've seen – Tom Brady, the guy who most people regard as the greatest quarterback of all time, fall victim Mm -hmm. to pressure. Like, everybody falls victim to pressure. But my my issue with Ian Book is he's a guy, he holds on to the ball too long in that he doesn't make anticipatory throws. He doesn't throw guys open. And this is something I've been talking about. And as a result of that, there's two or three plays a game that could be big ones, whether they're touchdowns or just big gains that he misses. Um, Last night, they talked, there was one that Ben Skoranek dropped. He was wide open. He dropped it because he was surprised when he came out of his break. that the ball
2: Oh, was yeah.
0: He's not that kind of quarterback. He waits for a guy to get. It was perfect, the, but he
1: was exactly.
0: shot. <laughs> right. He was
1: shot. Oh, wow. Yes. The ball was really right here.
0: Right. That's so, still yeah. on
1: Ben. You got to catch that. But Absolutely. your point stands. Mm-hmm. Your point stands. Ian's usually a tad bit late if it's tight coverage. Mm-hmm. He errors on the side of caution. That's mm-hmm. just his personality. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one or the other, I'll take that. But. At the same time, on fourth down, Ben should have known, "Hey, anything goes." So that's more on Skoronic, in my opinion. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: Ian, in general, will wait a tad bit too late, especially mm-hmm. on deeper throws. Right. DJ <laughs> has this cannon for an arm. Woo! He can get a. That's yeah. the strongest arm as <laughs> I've ever seen in Notre Dame Stadium, and
2: mm-hmm. I've been
1: watching football in Notre right. Dame
2: right. since
1: '85.
2: Yeah.
1: So, Bro. that's incredible, but. You can't get away with that when you got Ian's mm-hmm. arm. He's got a pretty good arm, but nothing like DJ's. Right. DJ's insane. So, that right. he needs to get those balls out faster. And for whatever they did, they, a buddy of mine said to me this morning, Tommy Reese put him in a box. And what he meant by that was all the plays that he likes, the systems that he likes, they, they left it right there. Ian's not real good at sideline deep patterns. He's thrown them out of bounds this year and stuff like that when Mayer should have had touchdowns. And I'm screaming at the TV. Those mm-hmm. plays, did not they didn't run. They just said, okay, to heck with it. We're just going to focus on this, and this is what he does. And it works for him. So, Tommy deserves credit. So does Ian. So do the receivers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Obviously, McKinley played out of his mind. Uh, whether mm-hmm. or not that one was a real catch or not, I don't know how that rule works. I that stuff's was, really touchy.
0: I could be a little biased, but I think it was a catch.
1: <laughs> it's like, like as a guy that played DB and played mm-hmm. receiver growing up, you still have control if the ball moves in my eyes, but right. I don't know how the rule book is. Anyway. Mm-hmm. They they had an opportunity to catch the ball. That's the most important mm-hmm. thing because, no offense to those guys, their receiver core in the top ten in the nation is the most pedestrian,
2: period. Yeah, I agree. And
1: he still threw, like you said, threw them open to a certain degree. If they're mm-hmm. not open, they're not open. Right. But he gave them a chance to make the play. And they're big guys. Yeah. I mean, Ben Skoranek is borderline tight end size.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: mm-hmm. it's probably not much fun trying to go up against him or Javon in a situation. It's a one-on-one ball. DBs just aren't big enough. Ian took advantage of that. He let it go. That's why they got the big plays. And, of course, Davis got the bomb as well. So right. that's that's a good sign moving forward because whether it's North Carolina, which they're going to have to beat in a couple of weeks, or it's Clemson again, you're going to need to score over 30 points. Think, think right. about this. Except for a few years ago when, ironically, Clemson got stopped by Alabama, I believe it was like 24-3. to 3. That was the year before Trevor Lawrence enrolled at Clemson. Every team that's won a college football playoff game scored at least 30. Mm. At least 30. Defense, I mean, not that you can't win with some defensive plays, like obviously Jeremiah got the touchdown last night, etc. You're not going to win 17 to 14 anymore in college football playoff games. No, yeah. Those days are over. Right. You have to throw guys open, again, mm. back to your point, and you need explosive plays, mm. whether it's the run game, quarterbacks, doesn't matter. You've got to score over 30. So last night, was my opinion, the first step in the evolution, it's not going to be completed this year because I Ian doesn't have DJs. on. And I'm not picking on Ian. God said, DJ, you have a gift. Here it is. Thank you. you know, give me that thank you later. But they did as much as with what they had as they could. And hats off to everybody <coughs> on Notre Dame's offensive staff as well as the defensive staff for preparing them and stuff with the, with the scout team. Because you don't see teams make those kind of leaps. Against average competition, right? Let alone a team that even though several guys were banged up, have NFL talent. Right. So that's a really rare thing. And yeah, I'm a Notre Dame fan, I'm biased like you, but you just don't see that. I don't I don't know what they did. It's very unusual, but it's also cool. And one of the reasons I think people really like college football,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because you just don't see that in the NFL because they, they do nothing but scout all day. Right. They spend 15 hours a day. College kids don't have that opportunity, especially yeah. in a place like Notre Dame. So, for mm-hmm. them to make that leap was awesome. I really enjoyed
0: it. So, you mentioned uh, DJ um, uh multiple times uh, just now. And uh, I find that interesting. One of the reasons why is I'm seeing a lot of um, backlash against Notre Dame on social media, online, and stuff this morning. People I'm <laughs> talking too. to saying, hey... Trevor Lawrence wasn't there, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, absolutely. you do realize that his backup is a five-star and was the number one quarterback recruit, right? It wasn't me playing quarterback for Clemson last night. This is a guy that set the all-time, and we're talking ever in history, record for passing yards by an opponent against Notre Dame in his second career start. This guy's not a bum. So I'm not sure why people are acting as if, okay, Trevor Lawrence isn't there. What more... I'm looking at it and wondering what more realistically could Trevor Lawrence have done <laughs> than what we saw from you and Young last night? Uh, a few things.
1: Um, I'm a pretty blunt guy. Mm-hmm. And as you and I were discussing before we began this show, a lot of fans simply don't have a clue or mm-hmm. maybe not even close. DJ is a special talent
2: mm-hmm. that
1: comes along once every three to five years. It's just ironic. Clemson got the last two. And they're right. on the same roster, literally.
0: Well, realistically, they got the last three, right? For Deshaun Watson, it,
1: what? Well, followed Trevor Lawrence, mean, right? The only other kid I would throw that in is a certain young man in Columbus, Ohio, right now, and he, oh, yeah. he's pretty darn—he's pretty good too. But yeah. again, either you have X amount of arm strength or greater, mm-hmm. or you do not. You do not. The mm-hmm. only thing DJ doesn't have, like I was talking to my buddy about this earlier, he's a big guy and he can run.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He has no wiggle. No, he has.
1: If I mean. He's I was surprised get going down by field. that. Yeah, they ran him on a quarterback sweep in. The, I think it was the first overtime or fourth quarter, and he got cut off. They did, what they were supposed to, and he didn't even try to make mm-hmm. him miss, and he got stuck.
2: Mm-hmm. Trevor
1: can make guys miss. Yeah, he's it, it, a lot of people think. Well, he's a six six white guy. He can't move. He can flat out move laterally, mm-hmm. speed, everything. That's the mm-hmm. only difference between the two players. And if I had to guess, DJ's arm might be stronger, which is I think insane. I think it
0: is just. And Trevor's got a me.
1: cannon right he's got a cannon. but at the same time when you watch him throw the ball he throws it on time he believes in himself first off that's the most important thing in any sport I'm sure you taught your kids that etc you don't believe in you well the guy that you're playing with sure is not going to either mm-hmm. the guys believed in him you could tell the body language Travis and everybody the backfield the receiver all those guys were good I mean and, and I'm not picking on him because they've got a bunch of injuries and stuff. Obviously, their best receiver isn't even playing this year. But Nagata, who played a few plays, and he's a gamer, I give him credit. He was their deep threat. He's a 6'3", 220 kid that can go. He played a few plays. You know, you can't miss those guys and just go out and throw for 400 yards. But he did. He, he did, did it with a bunch of back. That's, exactly. that's how good he is. Mm-hmm. Now, they schemed the crap out of that because Travis, they had no luck. And I'll get to this in the next segment. No luck running the ball inside. Their interior O-line yeah, is going to be nice. the reason. They're not going to beat Alabama or Ohio State. I still think it's one of those two to win it. I don't think Notre Dame or Clemson's the answer. And it's – Clemson can't run the ball right at you. Mm. And their play-action pass game is nowhere near the same. And that's going to cost them at some point. And as, as it relates to the receivers, those guys played up to it, but they had to scheme a bunch of passes to Travis – Get him out in the flat. I mean, he, he could make anybody. He's a great football player. really like watching him. But that's not their game plan normally. Right. That's how desperate they were to manufacture a little bit of run game through the passing game. And DJ right. did a good job. Those swing passes aren't accurate or something. They, those mm-hmm. can go the other direction. He's all the little things like a veteran. And then, of course, the, bo- the bombs are what really shocked me. Most young kids with an arm like that, they overthrow everything. He put them on the money. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. okay, this is not normal, this No, he's very he's organic. He's special. And he um, seems like he's a good kid too, so you kind of root for those guys. Right. That's great,
0: that's great. Right. So you mentioned Travis Etienne, I was, I was going to get to that. Um, 18 carries for 28 yards last night, uh, I believe. Um, eight receptions for about 57 yards last night. Notre Dame, really, they knew that it was the, the key to their defensive game plan to control him and not let him uh, take over the game. So two questions, is this more uh, testament to Notre Dame, their defensive personnel, their defensive coaching, or is is it an indictment of Travis Etienne in terms of, he was projected to be, I think, a second or third round pick if he had come out last year, he decides to come back to college, work on his route running, his receiving, because obviously the NFL is looking at three down backs now, not just workhorse runners. Is this more of an indictment on him that he was able to get bottled up so handily the first time he played a really good team this year.
1: I don't think I would blame Travis. Um, <laughs> even Tony Dorsett in his prime or Eric Dickerson or anybody, you got to give him at least a crease. If we went back and looked at all 18 of his carries and literally just counted how many times an Irish defender made contact with him at the line of scrimmage or behind – Mm-hmm. I'm willing to wager it was 50% or more, which is horrific. Mm-hmm. I, I, as I just said a minute ago, they got problems up front. One of their offensive guards allegedly was banged up or didn't play, but they didn't get any push. And here's the problem. Again, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I am biased. Notre Dame's interior defensive tackles are pretty good college players. Mm-hmm. Myron might play a little in the NFL, but I don't think Heinish is going to. And he kicked right. the crap. Out of their center and guard for a lot of the game. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. You put that line up against what Alabama's three, which is also a big pain in the butt. They're 3-4, or somebody is 350. Travis isn't running anywhere. There's nowhere to go. they're, they're Notre Dame's incredibly gap sound, and they have Jeremiah Owusu Kormora,
2: who an obviously <laughs> that's
1: exactly what I was gonna say. He's an yes. eraser, and you know. Hamilton is the best safety I've ever seen at Notre Dame.
2: Mm.
1: Um, I'll go with you on that. I'll I'll still consider Bobby Taylor a corner first. He could play either. Those are the two best. But at the same time, there were plays where either Heinisch got in the backfield, made him move. Once once you reroute where you're going, Mm
0: -hmm. it's not going to
1: end well most of the time. There's only one Barry Sanders. He's not playing for Clemson. Correct. Travis is a one-cut, hit you, kind of spin off you, breakthrough guy. He's great after contact but he was taking two steps and physically having to take on somebody that weighed 230 or more that's mm-hmm. never going to end well right so I don't know how many times he washed yardage or got stoned for zero but it was a bunch and he had a 10-yard run to start the game and I'm thinking oh no if they can run like this this is gonna be 56 to 30 but then they they really got him going down the other direction and just over and over he had to turn and once he stops He's not a jitterbug guy. He ain't going to make a bunch of people miss. Mm -hmm. The penetration ate him up. I think Travis actually was elevated for two reasons in terms of his draft stock. Number one, I didn't know he'd catch the ball like that. He's got good hands. Ironically, the one time he dropped the ball was on a soft pitch and it cost him a touchdown. Right. Weird. Mm -hmm. But on the other side, a lot of guys, whether it's high school, college, or pro, they have an offensive line that fails them throughout the game, not just in a segment, throughout the game. You see the finger-pointing start and the complaint. He never said anything, at least not to my knowledge. And that's a good sign. He's a mature kid. A lot of guys that are stars like that, like you said, he could have, he could have been a, a pro player right now. Decided mm-hmm. to come back. I think he's the kind of guy I'd want on my team as an NFL executive, and that's because his maturity level is higher than a lot of guys. Let's be honest. Running backs a lot of times are divas. Travis Etienne is not one of them.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. So uh, let's uh, let's move on from the game and get a little more into your wheelhouse while we still have a little bit of time here. Um, Recruiting. So here's my thing. On the recruiting front, you and I, we've talked a lot and text a lot offline about Notre Dame and it's it's recruiting efforts in the South, especially in Florida, where we both live. And obviously this is one of the biggest hotbeds of high school football talent in the country. We know that. So first, How does this win reflect on Notre Dame's recruiting efforts over the last five years or so to get bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic all over the field, as well as in recruiting depth to be able to hang with a team like Clemson that has 11 of the 16 five-star recruits in the Atlantic Coast Conference on its roster? It
1: shows how well Notre Dame's development is, A, uh, B, and this is the big one, program fit uh i know it's a term that a lot of notre dame fans will lament but the word traits that brian kelly brings up with a certain wide receiver whose name won't be mentioned because his traits are allegedly not what brian wants but i still want him on the field anyway yes uh it is what it is it's just a difference of opinion um Mm -hmm. you have to get fits and there's certain programs where a kid can work out like there's receivers that work out at oklahoma I live here, you do too, and I go and watch the kids during game nights, during seven-on-sevens, off the record, talk – it's what I do every day. But Florida kids in particular, just as an example, are generally not a good fit for northern schools. Mm -hmm. They're not. Right. Florida kids are – the word diva comes into nose guard. I mean, it's – there's too much me in this state and a lot of of kids in Dixie. And it's – I know this for a fact. It's driving a lot of college coaches nuts – Hmm. They'll ask me what's wrong with the Florida kids unsolicited unsolicited. I've had that happen numerous times, college coach, high school coach, coach out of state, whatever kids, you know, they're in trouble a lot. There's a lot of stuff that it's in the undercurrent that people don't even hear about on Twitter. Believe me, I hear about it. Okay. Notre Dame has found a way to stay away from some of that. I know they literally had stayed away from Florida kids the last year or so because they'd had so many problems with a lot of the Florida players. Hmm. So it shows the recruitment there. That's just a microcosm because you and I live here. I could use that as an example. Right. They have found one kid here, one kid there. They have went way above and beyond (laughs) to find fit. They redshirt kids. They develop them. The strength and conditioning program is tremendous. Obviously, Adekunpo Ogandaji, the defensive end, he's a fifth-year guy. He's going to get drafted now. Most people don't know this. He was originally committed to Western Michigan. Wow. They, they knew what they were doing. He's real long. I mean, his arms are yep. – he fits what they want. Mike Elston mm-hmm. wants guys, as he likes to say, look like him. Mike was a big-time recruit. He was six five. He went to Michigan. He could have went to Ohio State. Notre Dame. He could have went anywhere. He wants guys like that, and they recruited those guys in that form, and they're recruiting those guys in the next class. There's a six 6'6", a five kid, et cetera, they're really going after in the class of 22 that are DNs. They know what they want, and it's – I don't want to say it's on the same level, but it's the same concept. If you think of Tom Osborne in Nebraska, Mm
2: -hmm. in
1: the late 80s, they ran their 3-4. They were slow. They went to the 4-3. Osborne was friends with Bowden. They went down and they learned from them. And they, okay, we're going to change something, but this is what we're going to do. This is who we are. And they made it happen. Notre Dame has done the same thing. They've never been a consistently good 4-3 team. Mm -hmm. They are now. And they've got a hybrid blend to it with the linebacker that kicks out.
2: Mm -hmm. They've
1: got a niche, and it's working. And they recruit to it. This is who we are. This is what we need to do. The only thing I'll say, and it, it's not an indictment of him because he had six catches for 161 yards as I look at my screen with the stats, Powell, the receiver for Clemson, he's a good football player. Man, He had to wait his turn here at Clemson mm-hmm. because they got so many good players. Yep. I grant you that. He's still not a elite. Notre Dame does not have a quote-unquote shutdown corner.
0: Corner, Yeah, I've been, I've been looking for one of those. Yeah, haven't seen it.
1: When I speak to college coaches and high school coaches, the number one thing that comes up over and over, where's the tall, long corner? It's always the first thing that I'm asked. There's no exception. You can't have enough of them because while Notre Dame knew they were going to struggle to stop DJ in the passing game, I told Mm -hmm. some of my friends, and this is in NFL or college, if you're going to play a dynamic offense, even if they're going to light you up in the air, you have to stop the run. You can scheme run. You can scheme run, but
2: mm-hmm. if a guy's
1: going to throw darts mm-hmm. like that one pass to Travis, he threw it over a guy, he's going yeah. to, his right.
0: I mean, yeah. what are you, you going to do? You can't do anything about that. Right? That's what
1: I mean. You can't, mm-hmm. but if Travis has got three guys around him that weigh 230 to 300, he's in trouble. So you take away the run and you live with the consequences with the pass. Right. That's why everybody wants a I get a lot of parents complaining to me that coaches aren't offering their kid. And I say, he's five, nine. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. I can't teach five, nine. That's, it is what it is, but that's where Notre Dame – they've got length, and they're mm-hmm. pretty good at corner, mm-hmm. but they don't have that difference maker. But that is is—that is also on the other side. That shows how good Clark Lee and the defensive staff have been. Right. Because they don't have a take-it-away-from-you corner. they got a couple of good guys, and they're still able to do very well in the pass game because if you make an error, it's deflected or it's got to be thrown just perfect and a few of those passes from D.J., if that's a normal, like one of the kids from Pitt, even the Louisville quarterback's pretty good player. Those end up being picks because they're not quite accurate enough, and it's going the other way.
2: Right. You got to remember,
1: right. he threw for what four twenty nine last night.
2: Somebody normal
1: yeah. throws to three hundred, but he has two picks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the difference, and it's again, nobody wants to hear this, but from now on, like the old traditional, likes the defensive stuff and the special teams. Those days are over. The only way you win with defense if it's a bad weather day and the ball's slopping around and there's fumbles and tips. That mm-hmm. can still happen, but on a dry field, those are going to be the scores you're going to see. You're going to see 30 to 50 points by both teams
2: mm-hmm. if they've mm-hmm. got
1: a quarterback because the athletes are at a level now. They make one guy miss, and it's bye-bye. Right. So Notre Dame has to get a little bit better outside on both sides of the ball. A lot has been talked about with the receiver, and that's we don't need to beat that horse. They need to get some guys healthy. They have some really good receivers coming in. But this game, most importantly, in my mind, will be an impact for recruiting, not this season. This class is about over for the class of 21. Mm-hmm. But for the class of 22, everybody watch this game. There's no doubt. They, I guarantee you they're on the phone today and last night to a certain degree, too. Don't kid you. I mean, literally last night. I would not be surprised. <laughs> right. That's how recruiting works.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can be a part of this. You can be the next step.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if you read the piece a while back. Rick Meyer that played for Notre Dame. He was yeah, a quarterback I coming out of high school.
0: From, uh, Berber, he said, Pennsylvania. Yep.
1: they were playing in the national title game, and right as the ball was kicked, Vinny Serato, the recruiting coordinator from Notre Dame, picked up, his, you know, those big cell phones, mm. 1988, they weren't very pretty. Yeah. And he says, hey, how you doing? I was just thinking about you. And he can hear the ball being kicked in the about and the Irish are running down against West Virginia. You don't think that matters? Mm. These kids want to be a part of these environments. It's timing. It's connections. Winning matters. When you beat mm. Clemson, it's going to be all over the news for weeks. It's a big positive. And the ironic part, this is the only year it's going to happen. Did you notice the game day was out South Bend? You know, I saw you know Why? Yeah. yeah. You know why, right? Yeah. Because Notre Dame is a part of the ACC this year.
2: Oh, right. if they yeah.
1: had, If they hadn't been a part of the ACC, they wouldn't have went to that game.
2: Mm-hmm. They hadn't
1: been there forever. And it's, the only reason is because they don't want to promote a game for a network that's not under the Disney, ABC, ESPN oh, bracket. got it,
0: got it. Okay. It's,
1: it's garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Notre Dame is the one brand they've never – they're never going to get them either because yeah. the other other brands won't. So they took advantage of it just by accident.
2: Mm-hmm. Clemson
1: game is so big for recruiting, mm-hmm. and it's going to help them down the road. I know talking to a few recruits and stuff, they know, they know who's playing. They know why. But when you get your butt handed to you,
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: you know, like Michigan yesterday, how do you call a recruit? Yeah, after getting so. stomped, ironically, by my alma mater Indiana. Mm-hmm. I mean, they looked terrible, right? Their defense is right. a shell of its former self. That's not easy. Notre Dame, I'm used to that. Like, we could always score, if we couldn't stop people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The balance and the crowd and all that in the fan, it's gonna matter. So, you got Penn okay. State and Michigan struggling around here. Notre right. Dame Has a chance to capitalize, and don't be surprised at a flip or two before the class ends, because you're you're going to get more guys that are receptive to those calls and texts
0: when matters. Yeah, and, and I'm also looking at it, and in the last couple of years, I have seen, especially at the skill positions, Notre Dame, obviously, Notre Dame is O-line you. They're going to get the O-line recruits. They're getting that, but at the skill positions, you know, I'm seeing the Mike Mayer at tight end, five-star. Um, I think number four tight end in the country, I'm seeing, Chris Tyree, um, four or five star depending on what recruiting service you're, you're using out of Hampton Roads, Virginia. Absolute, you know, he's a speed freak and a star running back. You know, you're, you're seeing obviously the Kyle Hamiltons, the uh, the Deion Colesies. You are seeing more and more elite skill guys at the four and five star level now starting to recruit, uh, uh, commit to Notre Dame. And I do think that's interesting. And I am anxious to watch over the next couple of cycles to see just how much a big win like this, and then obviously seeing what Notre Dame does uh, throughout the remainder of this season, how much this uh, affects that. But, um, absolutely. Yeah. Now talk to me about how you think this, this huge win will, and you kind of touched on it before, but do you think it's going to have any direct effect on recruiting down South going forward? Do, Do you see this win making more serious inroads into the area than before? And now, (laughs) <laughs> Obviously you mentioned something I hadn't thought about with, you know, Notre Dame, not necessarily recruiting heavily out of this area for the reasons that you mentioned. And Notre Dame is still going to be Notre Dame, high academics, religious overtones and, 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 real school work, cold weather, et cetera. How do you think now them kind of really getting back into the national spotlight as a legitimate contender is going to affect things? Two
1: points. Um, just to use it as an example again, when Serato and Holtz rebuilt Notre Dame in the 80s, mm-hmm. they took a lot of kids from South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. They get a Texas kid or two and a kid or two from California. You just got to bring as many of them to campus as possible. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. Okay. Notre Dame is one of those places. I don't know if you, how many times you've been there or whatever. Until you visited, yeah, I've never it's, been. Really, it's really hard to explain to somebody. And I, I used to live a mile from the campus, and I can't explain okay. it to you. You got to be there. Mm-hmm. now let's just cut to the chase if you're a black kid from inner city port lauderdale
2: mm-hmm. like autry
1: denson was from that area
2: mm-hmm. there
1: is no freaking way that holtz was going to be able to explain to him autry said later that when he was on the plane looking down at south bend in the campus he knew he was going to notre dame i mean how do you predict something like that you mm-hmm. just got to get him on campus right. but now you've got a better tool because you can sell we're one piece away
0: right you
1: can be that guy this is an open book. This is not a new discovery. I'm not saying anything that other coaches don't do. It's the same thing Oklahoma's saying. Mm-hmm. This is an example. They got to score more points. No, they got to stop more points from being scored. Mm-hmm. They, they can't stop anybody. It just depends right. on your narrative. Notre Dame needs playmakers. Mm-hmm. Believe me, we got plenty of those where I live. Mm-hmm. So there's a kid named Rod Ganey down here that's at uh, Tampa Bay Tech. Remember, Reese Crum played there. He's a five-star kid, in my opinion, in the class of 2024. He's a freshman. He got an offer from Penn State yesterday. He's a freshman. Wow. Okay. There's, there's kids like that here. I mean, he, he was, oh, my goodness, as a 12-year-old, had a YouTube video going viral. Those wow. are the kinds of kids you make an exception for. He's a good mm-hmm. kid, by the way. But the point is you need one or two more kids like that. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, in that Chris Tyree mold.
0: Yeah.
1: And you need one or two on that skill level, but at a different position. Again, they've got to find. If they're going to get over the hump, they've got to find first-round draft pick material at corner i don't care if you sign them and they came in as a receiver like the kid they got from new jersey i forget his name the number 26 the freshman he played a lot last night he's played quite a bit at corner really long when you when you have kids like that that got that length you've got a chance that he's instinctive Mm -hmm. but if you have kids like that in every class they may not contribute right away like him he's he's unique but if you every year you get a kid like that that's what mike elson did at d-line tackle and end They've got a guy in every class. You go, okay, this kid's at least going to get a shot in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, when I was growing up, they had four good players, and then the drop-off was into the Grand Canyon. If somebody got hurt, or if it was a third down play and they needed to come out because they were winded, no pressure on the quarterback.
2: Right. They've
1: got guys, now Ogie Adofu, you know, Foskey, they're not even starting, and they can mm-hmm. rush the passer at a very right. high level. Right. That's the difference. Notre Dame's got enough depth. I think one or more, maybe two kids more a year, From down here, especially Atlanta, that's their hub. Yeah, is going to be the key. There's a bunch of private schools in Atlanta for Notre Dame to hit. Uh, The Marist School was where Kyle Hamilton's from. Ironically, Mm -hmm. it's a great school, very high academic, very expensive. You don't need to hit the home run with Kyle. It was obvious watching his film; he was way underrated. But you need somebody like that in every class that can be helpful to your program. They got two kids from Georgia that are receivers in this class: Jaden Thomas, and of course the receiver you mentioned, uh, yeah. I went and watched Colsey last year at six, three and a half. He was playing corner.
2: Wow. Now I
1: don't, I don't care what level you're playing. And they play one, a private he's at Athens Academy, but he has changed the direction. You can't teach those skills. Once the kid Mm -hmm. gets the ball, what they do is what they do. Right. You, you, You know, and Notre Dame just needs one or two more of those guys probably on each side of the ball, but that's the difference between them and Alabama or Clemson, et cetera. The receiver recruiting is just a step below got it's it. not easy to get those kids right a lot of those kids they just don't fit notre dame mm-hmm. they just don't fit notre dame they are they're divas and they're not mm-hmm. gonna fly here right. so you, you got to pick your spots colsey's an exception i think he could be a first round draft pick
2: mm-hmm. He's
1: he was 205 last year he's about the same weight now and he's he's very thin in his midsection he could be a 225 pound number one receiver and you, Lorenzo Styles for the people that don't know, that follow Notre Dame, he's a kid coming in from Ohio. His dad played at Ohio State. I think he had a cup of coffee in the NFL. I can't remember how long, but he played in the NFL. Those two kids, as your top two, Jaden Thomas would have been Notre Dame's number one receiver in a lot of classes. He's their number three. I and mean, He's a top 400 recruit nationally. We're good. We right, do that right. every year. Mm-hmm. We're good. We're good.
0: Got so you. they've
1: got, they got, you know, they got Johnson last year out of St. Louis and they got mm-hmm. Brunel and so They're fine there. They, now they just, they got to, I, I don't understand this complexity of what they're doing at receiver. They, they run a lot of complicated stuff after the snap reads. Mm-hmm. Freshmen aren't going to, they got to simplify it. Some for the right. Right. You got to get Johnson and those guys on the field. I can teach him a stop route, a go route and run, and, a, and run in a dig route. Right. After you catch the ball, you just go score. Right. That's a, that's right. that's what really matters at receiver now. And you look at even what Alabama does; they're just running a lot of RPOs, some basic zone stuff. Of course, they got Najee Harris, kind mm-hmm. of helps. He's he's a plow; yep. he will run you over. Yep. You can just run the ball a little bit. I mean, Alabama's run game is not even not
0: close to what it, to what to it was. Yep. but yep. they don't
1: have to. And yep. power to the man.
0: All that's Nick Saban. Outside. Yeah,
1: pa- you know, it, power's great, but Nick Saban's like. If you're going to score 40 doing it the other way, I'm okay with it. Yep. You know, that is not Alabama football. You know right. he doesn't like it. It's not right. style, right, right. but he wants to win.
2: So,
0: so that's
2: good.
0: Yeah. So finally, and uh, we'll quickly, just getting back to the on-field portion of all of this, just uh, before we get out of here, give me your thoughts on who are the four best teams in the country right now and who you see as being the four best teams at the end of the season.
1: Oh, that's complicated. Uh, right now <laughs> – I actually think Notre Dame's about the fifth best team. I think Florida's number four. Okay. But Notre Dame's going to – they've earned the right to be right. – I'm just talking about talent. They're not as mm-hmm. talented because they don't have Kyle Trask. Right. If you flip the two quarterbacks
0: – Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kyle mm-hmm. Trask has went from pedestrian to, mm-hmm. oh, my God, good I mean, it's an incredible story. He's got to be at or at the top of – Say the top three at least in Mm -hmm. the Heisman race. I don't know how you couldn't put him in there. Right. But Florida's defense isn't what Notre Dame's is. That would be a great game, by the way. Two
2: different, two
1: different teams. But his back shoulder, the things that Ian doesn't do well, that's Mm -hmm. what Kyle excels at. You know, everybody's different. He can't run, but he can throw it. Right.
0: So you've got Florida. Then obviously you got to have Alabama. You got to have Ohio State. Who's that fourth team for you?
1: Uh, Clemson. I would still say because I. I mean, until I see Mike Jones. And Davis, the nose guard play and stuff. I don't know what they can do on deep. They're not near the defense they were anyway.
2: Yeah, because they're
1: they're too young up front. They're not going to beat Alabama Alabama and Ohio State are now the two best teams. Mm -hmm. What's the first level is too deep. It's not three.
0: Okay,
1: Clemson is below that. Florida, in all honesty, has as good a chance, if not better, to beat Alabama or Ohio State. Because the throws that they're winning with, just that specific style, they have mm-hmm. humongous receivers. They got a couple mm-hmm. two thirty guys, plus a tight end who's a generational tight end. There's no coaching there. My guy's taller than yours, and he's mm-hmm. more physical. And Kyle's going to go out and hand it to him with a forty yard dart. Okay. So they got a chance to compete. I think Notre Dame is about number five with A and M six okay. talent wise, mm-hmm. but with COVID, like let's—I hate even bringing this up. Like after the game last night. All those students came out. Yeah. I have a hard time believing some of the nerd Dame players didn't get. It. I'm sorry.
0: Right, right,
1: right. You I mean you don't think about that. You see, oh, I'm gonna rush what right. are they gonna do? Try to get in the way, it would have been it wouldn't have worked. They, they were coming oh. on the field. Got so it. it's gonna happen again at Alabama, it's gonna happen again at Florida. Uh, I know from talking to a coach in Atlanta, one of the players that is playing for Bam, I'm like, why didn't he playing? I heard he was doing real good in fall camp. Oh, he got COVID. He was out three weeks. They just didn't right. say nothing.
0: Got it. So we'll be so, right there, Brian. Um, thank you so much for your time today. A lot of great information as always. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely do this again. been a great season so far. Hopefully we get that uh, Notre Dame-Clemson rematch in the, uh, in the uh, ACC championship. And who knows, if both of those teams end up making it into the playoff, you might get a third round for the national title. It, who knows? I
1: was, I was thinking about that earlier. It's not yep. out of the question. Not it's out not of question. out of the
2: question. All right. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much, Brian. Have a great one. You too, buddy. All right.